Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePod PGM Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, you may also enjoy a podcast about making money. That's always a good thing, James B. Let's hear about it. Each week, our host teaches listeners about stealing goods and reselling them for a lower amount quickly, as well as the riskier, more lucrative business of actually being a fence and how to build that business within a legitimate business as a front. Join Eddie Hasbatcher with his new podcast called Building a Fence, Tuesday nights at 11 p.m. on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. Oh, James B., you got a pun in on my thing I was confused about. I, I, I can't build a fence, but <laughs> I'm starting a new podcast? I'm a little taken aback, James B. I was taken aback, too, to find out this is what you're doing, but <laughs> you showed us last time that Oops. that's what you're, what you're into, and that's fine. <laughs> but what I'm into is reporting on our first podcast, <laughs> and that covers Spider-Man books. And the first book we're going to cover today is from May of 1985. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 90. Where, oh, where has my Spider-Man gone? Written and penciled by Al Milgram, finished by Jim Mooney. Sorry, James. I'm just thinking about my fencing podcast still. Uh, all right. Um, the black cat can't find her spider, and she is torn on whether to tell her spider that she has powers and how she got them. Yeah, she got them from the kingpin. And her most difficult power for me as the reader is this bad luck power. I really enjoy the power. It's just hard to comprehend how they could give her this ability. Regardless, her issue is that she has to do what the Kingpin wants, except if it hurts Spider-Man. Well, while she ponders her situation, a group of thugs attack her only to have countless bad luck accidents occur to them. Black Cat's power forces a bullet to miss, activating a police alarm box. Felicia leaves a note for Peter in his apartment and then is defeated by a wily old nemesis. Mrs. Muggins. Well, I don't know if she's really defeated, but she steps out the front door and Mrs. Muggins is right there and she's like, what? Who are you? <laughs> Right. <laughs> She's like, not that funny business around here. I, I, I think she describes it as like some kinky something or other. <laughs> A little questionable there, Mrs. Muggins. Uh, well, Felicia looks for help locating her spider from Captain DeWolf. And now it's time once again for the complicated ladies of Peter Parker's life. At one point, DeWolf says in Thought Bubbles, here I've managed to develop a schoolgirl crush on the web swinger. And what do I do? I help get this bubble-headed cutie off the hook so she can put the moves on him. Not bright to wolf. M meanwhile, Felicia, who prefers being called the black cat, is thinking, if I lose my amnesty because I'm associating with the kingpin, Spider will be so mad at me. You've been listening to what, Eddie? The Complicated Ladies of Peter Parker's Life. Oh, this is schoolgirl crush quote that Captain Wolf has on Spider-Man. It does not fit her character. I can't stand it. Listeners, 
I know when I read those sections to you, it was nice and clear, but I had to delete all of Eddie's gurgles and cringes and sound effects he made because he just doesn't respect Gene DeWolf there, who I think this is completely appropriate. Ugh. Poor Eddie can't handle any character that has more than one dimension. No. I, I can't handle... She's the police chief. This is crossing her... I like Doc Ock when he's with Aunt May. I like Sandman having second thoughts. So I, I want... Right. The, those guys are all... This is just growth for Gene DeWolf. She's developing as a person, not just an angry, cigarette-smoking police chief. Grow, grow, grow. I'm a, I'm a police chief, Spider-Man. She, Help me. I'm a police chief. Give her a break. It makes sense she develops some feelings hanging out with him all the time. Well, we're really having a couple podcasts disagreeing between this one and the Marvel Team-Up 2 yeah. podcast. Again. Villains can do whatever they want. Gene Wolf needs to be the greatest police captain possible, and that involves her not flirting with Spider-Man. Sorry. She doesn't flirt with him. She just thinks inside, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I getting these strange feelings? I, I bet if these panels were animated, we would see eye fluttering. So <laughs> I think yeah. there's flirting in there. Subtle flirting going on. Well, speaking of one-dimensional characters, let's talk about what your your favorite black cat... Oh, so, yeah, black cat, that's what she wants to be called. Yes. Uh, it's up to. Go ahead. Black cat, she goes to Joe Robbie at the Bugle. She goes to Vision and the Scarlet Witch in Avengers Tower. And finally, she goes to Aunt May's house in Forest Hills. She tries to leave Aunt May's house, but we end with Spider-Man popping out of a tree in a black suit. Black Cat really puts Peter's secret identity at risk here several times. Yeah, she does. She's terrible. This is this is Gene Wolfe wouldn't do this. She when she gets to Joe Robbie, she's talking about Peter Parker and someone's like Peter Parker's useless and incompetent. And she says, don't you dare talk about him that way, you crusty old curmudgeon. If you knew what I knew, you know. And he's like, oh, slow down, cool down, lady. Let's not say anything we might regret later, okay? Add another person to the who knows Spider-Man's identity, Joe Robbie. That shows that he has some idea what's going on. But it's the talk with the vision that really gets to me. The vision kind of explains to her, eventually I was freed by Ultron's influence. And ever since I've endeavored to fight the good fight, it's okay that you were a villain at one time. Yes. And then he says, we're looking to expand our ranks. Perhaps you'd be interested in it. And that's just, she's like, but I'm just a souped up cat burglar with a criminal record. You know, he's like, it's okay that you're a villain. Uh, but always remember, Black Cat, it isn't what you were or how you came to your powers. It's important. It's what you are and how you use those powers now. I'm like, this is like a real important thing going on here. Yeah. But I was still taken aback the fact that he's trying to recruit her. I'm like, Spider-Man's been trying to join the Avengers a couple times. He's been rejected up and down for various reasons. And here she comes strolling in with her sort of power. And they're like, hey, you want to you want to get in on this? Let us know. Well, we have to remember the Avengers are down a lot of Avengers in this book's time frame, too. Right. They're they're all off fighting in the Secret Wars. So <laughs> maybe Vision thinks like they're gone and he has to re-recruit all new Avengers. And Spider-Man, by the way, uh, he appears in... Exactly one panel, right? <laughs> Am I wrong? In this whole book, really? Yeah, he's in the last panel of the oh, last yes. page. That's it. You're right. <laughs> what a great Spider-Man book. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up and she's like, she doesn't recognize him because that's the theme of these. Black he suit. shows up. Yeah. He's, he's like, yes, it's me. I, I got a new costume. How I got it's a long story. The story is revealed in Marvel Super Secret Heroes Limited Series. On sale now. 
And then she's like, you didn't answer my question. Why are you prowling around my Aunt May's house? Like he's being accusatory. Yeah. And then she's like, I missed you. You were away so long. I just wanted to see you. I just wanted to see you. You know what I mean? Right. And he's all like yelling at her about this stuff. So very disappointing, Spider-Man. You come off like a jerk in the one panel you're in. Come on, man. Oh. Do, do better. Well, maybe the next book, James B., you want to tell us about it? The next book's from June of 1985. Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 91, If It Wasn't For Bad Luck, dot, 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 by Al Milgram and Jim Mooney. At first, Black Cat is scared of Spider-Man in his black suit, but she soon comes to adore it because it's so easy to kiss her spider. We then get a brief backstory about the blob describing his friend's death and society's mistreatment of him. It's another villain that was recreated from being wronged by society, James B. Aren't most people that are villains in real life wronged by society? Right, yeah, like motivated by revenge, I guess, or like a a sense of unacceptance. There's no place for me. Yeah, yeah, people aren't like, everyone loves me, I'm going to be a criminal. (laughs) Speaking of friends, I guess, uh, Flash Thompson... Uh, comes by to explain that Shashan might not be into him so much now that he's brought her over and she's an educated woman and Flash is kind of a nobody. And he's kind of dumping his feelings out to Peter. And then Peter's like, yeah, I, Black Hat's here. I got to go. Close his door on him and Flash, Flash isn't happy. No, he's not. Peter chooses the Black Cat over Flash. And when Blob goes on a rampage throughout the city, Spider-Man and Black Cat stop him, mostly through Black Cat's bad luck power. The pair swing away with Spider-Man telling Cat he won't be overprotective of her anymore. Speaking of mad, we should say that Aunt May still won't even talk to Peter because he's dropped out of school. Nathan's trying to get them to reconcile. Did you notice earlier in the book when they discuss the suit, they say it's much more convenient for kissing and eating and they go and all kinds of stuff. And then the narrator says, we will take a discreet leave of our lovers. (laughs) Did you catch that? Yes, I didn't mention it. It's kind of like Mrs. Morgan saying kinky. (laughs) Well, that's because the way Black Cat dresses. Yes. So now... The previous book with Felicia in the whole book and no Spider-Man in the book. Once again, books without Spider-Man, I really liked them. I really enjoyed the last book a lot. This book was okay. I feel like Blob defeated Spider-Man and then Black Cat defeated Blob. I think the book would be better if Spider-Man had a little bit more to do with defeating Blob and not just relying on the Black Cat's power that she was gifted by the Kingpin. I don't like that being the way that like Puma gets defeated, Amazing Spider-Man, and the Blob gets defeated yeah. here. I don't like her black cat power being the way that he gets bailed out all the time. Mm. I mean, I, if it was like a really tough fight, I get it, but it seems like he needs her completely. I, I don't like my Spider-Man being this week. Mm. In this fight, I really liked how Blob had his unique fighting ability of Spider-Man tries to punch him and he just traps his fist in his fat. <laughs> I guess I don't know much about Blob, but... It, it was it was funny and interesting to see him, Spider-Man try to figure this out. Clearly, he, he couldn't do it by himself, too. You're absolutely right. Speaking of fat, I mean all muscle. From July of 1985, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, 92. And the answer is dot, dot, dot by Al Milgram and Jim Mooney. The Kingpin is sanctioning a shadowy figure to attack Spider-Man. 
Spider-Man is smooching the black cat under a water tower. Uh, Spidey's really in love with Cat, and he's selling plenty of pictures to the Bugle. Everything is going great until the answer attacks the couple. Despite Spidey and Cat's best attack maneuvers, the answer always remains unharmed. The answer defeats both of them and then flies off to report to the Kingpin what he's discovered about Spider-Man and the Black Cat's powers. The answer? (laughs) First of all, this is a villain, everyone. And he's a goofy one, in my opinion. He's up there with Average Joe for me, James B. This guy is really powerful. He seems strong. I think he can fly. He has everything going for him. Like, he walks in, literally defeats Spider-Man and Felicia. It was a good issue. It explained a bit about Felicia's powers. It helped me straighten out a little bit of that hierarchy at the Bugle, too, which has been a problem for us. Yes. Uh, great stuff from El Milgram and Jim Mooney. I would have liked to see the answer be less powerful because they're setting up a storyline here that the Kingpin wants Black Cat to like work for him. And he's using the answer as like his middleman, like, go get the Black Cat to do my bidding. But the answer seems way more powerful than the Black Cat. Ooh. So it would have been made more sense to me if the answer was a little less, if he was just like a henchman saying like, hey, I need you to do these things. And right. here's why. Kind of conv- If he was more like a manipulator or a convincer, mm-hmm. not just this very powerful guy that could literally defeat them all in the first place. That's that's one of the concerns about this guy. Yeah, it's, his powers confuse me. He's not going away though, right, James B? No, and maybe we'll, in the next book, maybe we'll get a little more of a answer about his powers. <laughs> From August of 1985, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, 93. I had to make that joke. A Hot Time in the Old Morgue Tonight by Milgram and Mooney. The answer is stalking Black Cat in the hopes of discovering Spider-Man's identity. However, answer doesn't find answers. (laughs) It's irresistible. Spider-Man and Black Cat have a fight because Black Cat won't acknowledge Peter Parker. Irritated, Spidey departs, and the answer once again goes back to the Kingpin. The Kingpin needs the couple together, so answer finds and forces Black Cat to enact a plan that will bring the couple back together while also distract the police from the answer's broader mission from the Kingpin which we'll find out here soon. While all the good guys are distracted, we end with the answer going into the morgue, taking a body, and delivering it back to the Kingpin's scientific labs. I assume the same ones Felicia got her powers in. Thematically, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 93, has a lot to do with Spider-Man's identity. Felicia is in trouble for visiting all the places where Spider-Man's identity lives and works. Then Spider-Man almost says his identity, but she doesn't want to hear the words, and he's mad about that. Oh, and the answer is trying to find out Spider-Man's identity, and he almost does, um, but he doesn't. We were just talking about whether the Kingpin knows Spider-Man's Peter Parker, and we find out he doesn't, which is crazy. Yeah, maybe he'll find out in the next book, which is from September of 1985. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 94. How are you going to clean him down at the morgue after they've seen New York City? <laughs> what a title. <laughs> by Al Milgram and Jim Mooney. 
The body the answers stole from the morgue last issue is being resurrected using the Kingpin's machines and scientists. The energy-filled mystery figure does come to life and is immediately collared with a control mechanism. Simultaneously, Dagger suddenly becomes weak while fighting, saying, Some of my light was being pulled from me. Cloak finishes off the thugs they were fighting with darkness, and they both teleport away. Across town, Peter, Harry, and Liz meet over lunch to discuss Flash's discontent and odd early morning disappearances. When Shawshan remarks Flash is beat up when he returns, Peter Parker becomes flustered as if this indicates something to him. Did you read into this somehow? I, did I misread something here, James B.? Like uh, Fight Club? I don't know what's going on either. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone's ignoring Shawshan, by the way. Uh, she's like, hey, uh, what am I going to do about about Flash? And they just ignore her. I, I presume it's just a setup for some future situation and some future issues. Um, and they just wanted to make sure they at least squeezed it in here. So that's all. Well, passing by the restaurant... Flash sees Peter and Shawshan holding hands through the window and becomes enraged, but doesn't disturb them. As Spider-Man swings away from his apartment to avoid Mrs. Muggins, he finds Kingpin's assassin brought back from the dead, and it is... Silvermane, who is still mostly a robot, is the reincarnated man from earlier. Uh, Spider-Man and Silvermane throw each other through a few walls, with Silvermane eventually besting Spider-Man. Kingpin doesn't want to kill Spidey and doesn't like the commotion his new assassin has caused, so he recalls Silvermane and Spider-Man drags himself to the cat's apartment. Pretty good amount of things happen in this book, James B., yeah, thank you for the excellent summary. It's just another great story in Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of maybe uh, the very recent 257 we read, the B book here is just outclassing the Amazing Spider-Man book once again in the regular monthly issues. It's just a good book. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this book, and I'd like to go into a lot of details, but we still got to cover an annual, so let's squeeze that in real quick, and then we can go back and maybe touch base again, because we do have an annual, and it's from 1984. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man Annual for Memory Lane, written by Bill Mantlo and Carrie Gamble, penciled by Sal Busama, and inked by Carlos Garzon. Uh, Nathan Lubinsky calls Peter to tell him his aunt has been making strange late-night trips without explanation. At first, Peter thinks Nathan is jealous, uh, while Nathan is actually worried she's going senile, but when uh, he comes upon a mysterious letter in Aunt May's room signed by Johnny, he decides to track Aunt May as Spider-Man. Throughout the book, Aunt May walks around Coney Island in Brooklyn with visions from her young self hanging out with the dapper but flim flamming man Johnny. In her visions, we see Uncle Ben expose Johnny as a criminal, while in reality, Aunt May meets Johnny, who's just been released from prison. Just as in the past, Aunt May rejects Johnny for his errant ways, but offers him help. Spider-Man and Nathan are relieved, and we end with the geriatric couple having a warm cup of tea. It's nice to get some background on Aunt May. I'm not sure if young me would be as excited to learn these things. Aunt May goes into an old building, 
Spider-Man fights a gang before Aunt May even knows she was in danger. I think the book would have benefited from more scenes like that. But if people disagree and they want to tell us that this book sounds interesting, which it's really not, uh, just the way it is, how can people uh, email us, Eddie? You can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or click the link in the podcast to join our Discord server. And I'm James B., joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, that Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may also enjoy a podcast that answers questions you want to know. <laughs> Listen to <laughs> The Answer, hosted by Here The Answer. <laughs> Tuesdays at 5 p.m. on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. Tuesdays at 5 p.m.? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, tune in, listeners, if you want to be annoyed by a know-it-all. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Eddie, I also wanted to uh, mention that you didn't uh, talk at all about the annual story. Uh, what? The... the second story in the annual. Oh, yes. The 12-page <laughs> no, did story. Did you read it? I don't think I did, James B. I am sorry. Uh, all right, Eddie. After, after Nathan has tea, yes. there's a story called... Well, I guess I'll just cover it here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Stanley presents The Black Cat, starring in Cat and Mouse by Bob Natal, art by Ron Randall, and, you know, he did his own ink, too. So, Eddie, in this story, the black cat is home, and she gets this little, like, craft, like a gift from Spider-Man. It's like this little wine craft. Oh, yeah. She's very... Oh, wait, I did read this. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's right. Okay. And then it goes missing. Yes. And she runs around and it's like, and there's this guy who's got the craft, but it's not a guy. It's her friend, like her girlfriend dressed in like a beard and a wig. Yes. That's it. Her, her friend is like, I took it from you. It's just a little game. Quote, we used to play. We were learning to be cat burglars together. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make such a big fuss. And she's like, oh, Tammy, it's not just that. I'm keeping all these secrets from Spider and I can't tell him about it because I have these powers and I don't know what to do. And. There you go. And then she comes over the house. She knocks on the door like a regular person, and then she comes inside. The end. There you go. (laughs) Yes, I did completely ignore that story. Thank you, James B.